Welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. I am your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about the things that are top of mind as you navigate your career, whether corporate or otherwise. The plan is to get you out of your rut and talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Welcome to The Village. Welcome to this episode of The Rutledge Perspective. And I am so excited. You're going to really enjoy this interview. I am interviewing a woman that I've known for a long time um, and we worked together, got a chance to do a couple of projects together and she is just fantastic. I'm going to read her your bio in a minute, but this is another example. We talked about this on a, a couple of podcasts before. This is another example of staying connected to people and people who are in your village because you never know who you're going to meet along the way. And who you're going to learn from and who you're going to be supported from. So I'm going to introduce you guys to Lanier Robertson, uh, who is just, she's just phenomenal. And we'll get into her story and you'll understand why. So Lanier is a human resources executive with 20 plus years of people leadership experience in the chemicals industry. Prior to joining Sabic in July of 2019 as a human resources leader of the Americas region, she served as vice president of HR at Cavestro LLC, where she was primarily responsible for the successful development and integration of the North American regional human resources function to support the success of the employees and the business following the carve out from Bayer. From 2000 to 2014, Lanier held increasing roles of responsibility and leadership, beginning with local and progressing to regional arenas with Langsys Corporation. She also spent several months at Honeywell Chemicals and Materials in 2015 before joining Bayer in the summer of that same year. As a people leader, Lanier is passionate about culture, development, diversity, and inclusion. Her path and experiences at every level have been seminal in her proven track record of impacting leadership, culture, and change. She is regarded as a trusted advisor, business partner, coach, and mentor to emerging HR professionals and executives across the globe. A true Texan born and raised, Lanier holds a BBA with honors from Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas. And while the people function is her career passion, she is equally as zealous about cooking and spending time with her family. Lanier, welcome to the Rutledge Perspective. Thank you, Laurel. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be so cool. And so, uh, you know, the hard part is because I know so much about you is really staying focused on the stuff that I want people to know about you. Because, <laughs> so, you know, when you know the story, right, you, you forget and start in the middle. So, so let's start kind of at the beginning. So tell people a little bit about more about Sabic and what you're doing now, especially some of the stuff you're dealing with with the, our pandemic situation. Okay. Yeah. So I joined Sabic, um, you know, as you stated in my bio last, last summer at the end of July, um, a little bit unexpected. I wasn't really, you know, looking for actively seeking work, but it just seems like um, we had, you know, there was a, an opportunity to do um, something more, something different, primarily driving change and mm-hmm. um, um, culture initiatives and to include, you know, DNI and, um, building a, a, a corporate headquarters for the region at Houston, which I was really, I am super excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have this, this um, passion or this connection to HGTV, anything on HGTV, <laughs> I watch it. And it's about transformation. And it occurred mm-hmm. to me, you know, my entire career has been about transformation. And so right. this opportunity came along and, um, you know, it's, it's um, five countries, 17 locations and Mm -hmm. uh you know as you're going through what i would call the honeymoon or the onboarding you think you're gonna you know get a chance to learn each one of those and um and along comes you know a pandemic Mm -hmm. and uh, guess what i've i've gotten pretty close to you know 17 locations over five (laughs) countries 
in a hurry. <laughs> yes, yes. It's amazing how that works. When we think we're going to be able to just kind of ease in, <clears throat> something right. happens to uh, speed that process up, right? <laughs> and, and talk about change, right? Like yes. Overnight, overnight change, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, and I think that's a big piece of, you know, what you've done all along. And, and you are one of the, one, you're like the second person I think that I've talked to that is uh, an HR executive. So I did talk to a DNI person, but I talked to one other HR person and we often get, and I've gotten several questions lately about HR and does HR really understand people and, you know, what's going on and, and they don't really get it. And, and I think there's this misconception around what yeah. HR is and, and the, the real need for HR to truly be business people. And it's unfortunate that we're the only function that has to have business partner in our name because people think we're just party planners and paper pushers, right? So right. maybe talk a little bit more and then we're going to get into your journey, but talk a little bit more about what it really means to be a, a, a human resources executive in an organization. Okay. Well, I would say, you know, if, if we didn't know before, this pandemic has made it clear uh, the role of people, um, the, the place of people, the importance of people, you know, because we often say things like, you know, people are, that's our most important asset. And then we go on to do things that's counter to that. And I'm, I mm -hmm. think every organization is probably guilty of that. We could come up with um, all kinds of examples, but I think um, in the face of uh, something like a pandemic where there's no playbook and it's mm -hmm. all about the people, um, you mm -hmm. know, some are, are working from home um, overnight. You're uh, figuring out, you know, how to, how to implement remote work mm -hmm. and um, with, with not a lot of margin for error, because again, it's about people in a pandemic where um, it truly is about, you know, life or death or could be. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, of course, in, in chemicals, you've got, you know, those locations manufacturing that's going to continue to run right. and, and you're having to um, partner. And when I say partner, just, um, right there with the businesses to figure out, you know, how do you stabilize that environment and, and keep it controlled and, you know, virus free. So mm -hmm. as an HR executive or as an HR partner, whatever function you're doing in HR, you have to bring something with you, some background. Um, you can't, I'm not going to say you can't, it's not impossible, but it's very difficult mm -hmm. to, um, navigate through those situations without having some background, whether it's, you know, finance or um, in my case, you know, business, I came from production planning, um, you know, some other logistics or something IT that you bring some something else. You don't just start in human resources and stay in human resources. And when I say just, I mean, there are just experiences that you gain mm -hmm. by having um, spent time in other roles throughout the organization that, contribute to having um, that 360 view mm -hmm. in times such as, as pandemic. And so when you are, you know, in a human resources, uh, human resources executive role, you're building on all those experiences from the very mm -hmm. first role in business to the day before you're learning mm -hmm. something from every level of the organization every day. And, mm -hmm. and all these things just come together um, to um, contribute to, you know, having that seat at the table and making those um, right recommendations or driving mm -hmm. those right initiatives or putting together, you know, whatever, um, uh, whatever you need to drive the organization in, in the right direction um, in a collaborative manner. I think 
to mm -hmm. that, you know, as human resources, we're looked to as the um, collaborator maker. <laughs> mm -hmm, <laughs> like right. We have to make sure that that <clears throat> happens. And, you know, we often talk about Laurel and I, you and I've had this conversation that, you know, collaboration is not compromised and, right. um, you know, it, it's truly um, deeper. It's a higher calling. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. um, you definitely in a situation like pandemic or any kind of crisis, um, you lean on those competencies to help right. drive the organization to the right place successfully through whatever the crisis is. Mm -hmm. And that's a, <clears throat> pardon me, everyone, it is not COVID. <laughs> we are having allergy season <laughs> in Texas, I promise. Um, and that's a great transition because, as you said, we've talked about this a lot. And when you say that idea around that 360 view, that every experience that you've had is something that you build upon once you get to this executive level to really be able to help move and drive an organization forward. Um, we, we have talked a lot about how, what is that background? You know, I say all the time, I'm a mutt. My undergrad is in accounting, right? I was worked at, in professional services for years, did risk management, right? Enterprise risk management, and then came into HR. And it's that, that failure to understand, especially people that are earlier in your career. I really, and I really want people to hear this. There is value in experience. There is value in failure. And while, especially in manufacturing, you know, you're in, in Sabic right now and you and I have spent our careers in manufacturing, right? There's the, always this drive to zero, right? We want to be so safe that we don't have any incidents. While right. that is an exceptional goal, the problem with that is once you get to zero and you have zero for a long period of time, that means you have a generation potentially of people who've never had to deal with the crisis, which means when one happens, they don't know what to do. They've got right. a playbook maybe, but they don't have the battle scars to say, oh, I see this and this and this, and those data points mean this, which means I need to do that. They don't get it, right? To so, see the whole field, yeah. Exactly, yeah. to see the whole field. So, so with all of that, talk a little bit about that journey that you've had, those experiences that you gained to, to put you in a position where you are the right person at the right time for Sabic right now. Well, you know, I would say, you know, hardly, I just know very few people who could just, you know, chart their destiny that said, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to land here. So, you know, I truly have to say when I, when I accepted my first manufacturing job, it was not my intent to stay in manufacturing. Here I am, mm -hmm. you know, 30 plus years later, still yeah. in manufacturing. But I would say that, um, and it's also not a, an experience that I would have chosen for myself, right? I would have mm -hmm. taken what I would have considered a traditional path 30 years ago, you know, mm -hmm. um, complete your, um, your BBA, maybe, you know, or get your bachelor's or whatever, mm -hmm. and then go on to, you know, get a master's or whatever. But I kind of did them together. Like I did them mm -hmm. um, in parallel and um, I went to school in while I was in manufacturing. And I would say that, you know, that um, on a manufacturing floor as an assistant, you know, with an office in a control room, mm -hmm. those experiences uh, built, I think, the most solid foundation that mm -hmm. I, for me personally, could have ever had to, to go into this, um, this role. And then from there, I, I, you know, went into production planning where I got mm -hmm. to, you know, sort of, I always I refer to myself as the liaison between the commercial side of the business mm -hmm. and the manufacturing side of the business. So you had to know the project product and you had to know the packaging you had to know the logistics to get you know from point a to point b whether it's rail or truck or whatever mm -hmm. and so um uh, there wasn't a whole lot about that side of the business that i didn't know and on top of it the people so mm -hmm. i knew when you know even in in scheduling you know which products um what sequence i knew um which ones 
the guys hated to run in the control room, which ones the guys hated to, you know, make and finish in which packages, right. you know, so I could, you know, at least if, if, if um, there wasn't a customer preference or a customer mm -hmm. demand, I knew that, you know, to transition from one box to another, if I could keep them the same, you know, all these things that, you know, you just, you just know um, mm -hmm. from, from being on the shop floor, you don't, you're not taught that. And it's a little bit logic. It's a little bit critical thinking, but it's a whole lot, uh, the people, like just mm -hmm. knowing the people in the organization. And then from there, mm -hmm. of course, I transitioned into um, HR. And I would say by since then, I've been, uh, it's been baptism by fire. It's been, you know, mm -hmm. progressively larger um, um, roles and, and carve outs and things that, you know, an adrenaline junkie like me, mm -hmm. um, just you gravitate toward just that transformation and the change and the Right. Um, you know, I, I, and every experience has been one that I've been able to build on for the next opportunity and the next opportunity and including this one. I think, you know, if you'd have asked me three or four or five years ago, what's your career aspiration? I would have said, up. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, at that place in my career where I'm thinking like, you know, how do I want to, you know, what's my final landing? You know, mm -hmm. what's, how mm -hmm. am I going to stick the landing? And I would have said, I want to be a global business partner. That's it. I want to, you know, just get back to kind of my roots and, mm -hmm. you know, but from a global perspective and you know here I am sitting here you know in a in a role for one of the largest chemical companies in the world right. um, working on all kinds of things um, that I never would have aspired to maybe even a year ago mm -hmm. or okay, maybe within the last year but <laughs> <laughs> not much longer than that right. <laughs> you know that I would have I would have said oh no that's that's not even on my radar I'm mm -hmm. gonna do this but then when these opportunities come along and you know they match what you know is your um, your inner motivation or that intrinsic you know motivation yes. that that um, lights your fire and, and has you going then then you know it's it's the right thing to do so mm -hmm. it was a little bit a non traditional path I put family first so I mm -hmm. I you know um, progressed through my career rather slowly at first while my kids were you know I wanted them raised in a small mm -hmm. town uh, my hometown and um, but as soon as you know they were on their own and kicked from the nest as mm -hmm. it were, then I just took off and I said, okay, now I'm free to, you know, take whatever role and right. um, do whatever and kind of, you know, just pour my whole self in, into this career. It may not work for everyone, mm -hmm. but um, it, it worked for me and my family and, you know, I have no regrets, no looking mm -hmm. back. Um, I think I made the right choices, the right decisions. My family thinks I made the right choice, the mm -hmm. right decisions. So um, yeah, now it's just um, a matter of, you know, how much fun do we, do we want to have even in a pandemic? <laughs> right. Well, and I think there are a couple of things that you said that were really key there, which are, which, and one of them is you made decisions along your career. You took a, a slower quote unquote trajectory, right? Because you right. made decisions to say, I'm putting my family first, which means some of these opportunities I'm going to pass up. And yet now here you are a senior executive for one of the largest chemical companies in the world as maybe one of your last stops. I, I know you, so I doubt that, but as one of your last <laughs> stops, you know, now you've made it here. And so I think it's important for people that are listening to say, be careful about having so much of a plan. And I'm a big planner. You guys have heard me before. Proper power planning prevents poor performance. You need to have some kind of plan, <laughs> but be, be careful about being so tied to your plan that you don't have enough flexibility and adaptability to just say, what is really important for me right now so that I can see the end goal. So I can still get where I want, but it may just look a little bit different because right. not every, not every road is a straight one. 
right? Absolutely. Not a straight one. You, and if you get so focused, you might miss something along the way, right? Like you might miss the scenery mm -hmm. or you might miss an opportunity that's just right there within your grasp. But because you're so focused, I mean, you know, we always almost get tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. and, and we talk a lot about career development, you know, uh, um, a horizontal move or, you know, mm -hmm. people think vertically, every job right. has to be progressively larger. I haven't necessarily every role I've taken been a mm -hmm. larger role. In fact, I've deliberately taken, you know, some roles that aren't um, as, as large to be able to have that experience or mm -hmm. at that time in that place, at that location, it just seemed like the right thing for me to add to, um, you know, my, my experiences or to build on mm -hmm. and develop and Again, each time it was um, a great opportunity. It mm -hmm. um, turned out to be the right move, the right decision. And um, yeah, he, like I said, here I am. And again, it wasn't by design that I mm -hmm. said, okay, on this day, at this time, I want to be this, you know, right. human resources executive. It just happened because of a series of experiences that I was able to take, see and take advantage of. Mm -hmm. And that's where you need to have, have your vision open, you know, and really be, really be ready. And so, you know, as you, as you think back and look at this trajectory that you took and that willingness to take a lateral or even to move down because it's something you really don't know. And then you're exponentially moving up as you think through all of that. And you think about your journey to where you are now, what has been the biggest surprise for you? Like, what was it, you know, what happened and, and what did you learn from that? So I would say, you know, there, there have been a couple, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I think, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, taking a role, like, again, I, I think, you know, my, my aspirations were mm -hmm. to be a global business partner and, um, you know, to really stay. And, and, and like you said, you know, I'm, I often remind people that you know, every function within our function is a partner. Mm -hmm. And I would argue even outside the function, I, I can right. see um, corporations being much more agile and much more successful if every um, support function approached their role like a business partner. But mm -hmm. to get back to, to mine specifically, you know, mm -hmm. I often say within the functions within HR, whether it's payroll or whether it's, um, um, you know, total rewards or whatever mm -hmm. we're talking about, um, your approach, uh, an initiative, a project, a response as a partner to the business, whether that means mm -hmm. you're going to spar with that business a little bit, whether mm -hmm. you're going to question, you know, would, would you do that if it were your own business? You know, mm -hmm. does this make business sense? Again, looking across the field, kind of a little bit of empathy, you know, mm -hmm. um, how, how are people going to feel or how will they be impacted by this? So I would say, you know, that that's a long answer to get back to. I think, you know, one of the biggest surprises for me is, you know, coming at a crossroads in, in my career where, you know, I had to take a choice. Do you want to, you know, stay narrowly focused within mm -hmm. the traditional business partner role or can you take those business partner partnering experiences and, you know, move them over to mm -hmm. the, you know, executive level. And I think, you know, learn some things that you weren't necessarily interested in mm -hmm. <laughs> like right. retirement investment committee. I right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, what surprised me, I think, uh, uh, you know, about those kind of things is, is um, you know, trusting in people. Like, you don't have to be the expert. You mm -hmm. trust in the people, you know, lead people, and uh, they'll, they'll um, that's what you hire, you know, good people for, is to, mm -hmm. to uh, make decisions for you and, and to, to advise you and to, um, you know, do their jobs. And, and what you really need is to provide an opportunity for them to succeed. And so I think, you know, there were, th those were probably 
probably some of the biggest surprises is how, you know, my career kind of took those turns that, you know, here I am again, when, when, if you would have asked me before, I would have not, you know, said specifically, mm-hmm. this is where I would land. And, and again, I think, you know, the biggest surprises there is, is when you um, give people an opportunity and you set mm-hmm. the right environment, um, how much people can thrive. And, and right. so I'll often say when I land somewhere, I'm here to develop people. Mm-hmm. because that's really what a leader's job is. God, just so much good stuff in that. I just, <laughs> man. So, but here's, but here's where I'll go. That key that you said, and, and you and I, have to, again, have talked about this a lot, which is, you know, yes, it's, it's business first, right? And HR person second. And I remember when I first had that conversation with you and I'm like, this is what I believe. This is what my HR mentor told me is that I need good business people because you can learn the HR stuff. And many HR people get all upset about that. And a lot of businesses don't see HR like that because we're just supposed to make people feel good and we're supposed to hold hands until they mess something up and then we got to fix it. Right. Right. And, And there are very few places where we as HR can say, you absolutely must do this or you absolutely cannot do this. Very few. Most of it is a collaboration and most of it is just tell us where you're trying to go and we will find a way to get there. Or you say you're trying to go here, but I really think we need to go there. Right. right? We don't so, say not this, but that. <laughs> exactly. Not this, but that. And so when you made that statement around really leaders are about getting people around you and developing those people around you. But the other thing key that you said was getting those people who can make their decision, have them do their job, create an environment where they can do their job, right? So maybe talk about, for those who are listening, who are either in HR, maybe one of the functions, you know, maybe they're in payroll, or maybe they're in recruiting, maybe they're in something that's not necessarily in with the business every day. Or people who are just maybe lower level in the organization, and they're in marketing or something. Talk a little bit about what you mean when you say, you really need to learn how to collaborate and partner with your business, no matter what function you're in. So, yeah, you just use, you know, a lot of examples. Um, but I would say, again, when, when I say just look across the field, and again, if you don't want to be seen as the party planners and the paper pushers, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's knowing that sweet spot. And you'll also hear me say often, too, that it's more art than science. So mm-hmm. um, the first thing you want to know is you want to know the business. And, and as we just talked about, you want to understand the problem that um, the business or whoever you're supporting, what are they really trying to solve? And it takes you know, like a certain approach and you Mm -hmm. find your approach, you have to do it that way. Because again, an an inauthentic HR person is, is, um, that that's uh, impossible. I'm going to say it's impossible to pull off. You have to come from, from your authentic, authentic place, um, or with all authenticity and you know, what, where are you trying to go and let me help you get there. So, so Mm -hmm. let's understand, you know, the problem and, and knowing the business and knowing the people. So when you know the objective and then, you know, finding that way to navigate through the space to say, not this, but that it's not. And and like you said, it's rarely yes or no. We manage a Mm -hmm. lot of ambiguity. We spend a lot of time in the gray where you're balancing, you know, whether it's compliance or, um, HR law, or again, the power mm-hmm. of the people or the desires of the people. And, um, but, but at the same time, just trying to balance, you know, what's the, the business, because without the business, you don't 
exist without the customer right. the business doesn't exist mm -hmm. so when you can get people to get to that order you know customer first and mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you know the customer first at all costs it just right. means that understanding you know the way the business is lined up it's it's you know the business serves the customer and so mm -hmm. you know that's why you exist and and approaching um businesses and um business challenges and um you know initiatives projects from that perspective Mm -hmm. then that's where you, again, you, you earn that seat at the table and, you know, you'll find that um, you'll look up and, and the business is not making decisions without you. Like they don't want to, they don't, right. they're not having to, you know, insert yourself or um, it, it's just a natural progression. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's truly organic where you just, you're there, you're truly partnering. Mm -hmm. And folks, that is really key. That is really key is that you show up authentic, so what Lenny was just saying, you show up authentic and especially in HR, you can be inauthentic and be effective. Yeah. You show up as authentic because people have to trust you. You understand the business, the customer, the objectives, and you show up and deliver value so much that they don't want to make decisions without you being involved. That's when you know you have become a true strategic valued partner to the business, right? Right, right. And that Incredible. adding value can come, you know, it can look so many ways and it can mm -hmm. come in so many different forms. Mm -hmm. I'll just say that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's not always about, and it's not always about saving money. It's not always about saving money. Right. Sometimes it's just about a positive impact you have had on that leader or that person. Right. And that in and of itself leads into say, you know what? That wasn't a bad experience. That actually helped me make a better decision. Next time I get ready to do something, I'm going to remember that and I'm going to call them first. Or I'm going to at least, I may not call them first, but the next time I'm going to at least call them as I'm thinking about it. And then right. I do that a few times. And then the next time I call them when I might be getting ready to think about it. And right. then the next time I call them when I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I need to talk to them, right? <laughs> it just keeps right. moving. And they see the value of, again, that, that, you know, consistently building on that partnership for sure. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. When you do it well, you don't have to tell people you're a partner. You just are. Right. You just but are. But truly, you have to be, right? And, and again, you like, be. you know, like I said, the collaboration is, is not compromised. It's, it mm -hmm. takes a lot. It's a much higher calling. It's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of empathy. It's, again, seeing the whole field. It's learning to walk from all those different angles and um, bringing people together. It's a lot of communication. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of, you know, listening for understanding. Like you, you're seeking understanding. Yes. You're not listening to respond or, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's, um, and, and it's challenging people and, and really not being afraid to call people out in the right way when the collaboration is not happening. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's so, not consensus either. Let me just say that to you. Right. You say that too, because people have a tendency to think, well, if I can get everybody in the room or can I get, you know, the oh, most no. people in the room to move this direction, that's not collaboration either because, no. you know, collaboration is generally a pretty passionate discussion. Like yes. you're, you know, one person's dug in, another person's dug in and you can see the value in, in all of it. Mm -hmm. But what's the, the best value for the business exactly, and ultimately, exactly. you know, the customer. That's, and when that's, you, yeah. And when you are mature enough and focused enough on the business, you can get your feelings out of the way. Cause when your feelings get in the way, that's when collaboration moves to a desire for compromise, right. Or consensus. Right. Cause your right. feelings are all in it. So you got to get out of your feelings, especially in HR, you got to get out of your feelings and you got to be thinking about the business first. As you said, that 360 view, right? Looking at the entire field, what's the best for the business, not what's the best for you. Right. 
So, so as we, as we kind of begin to get towards the end, cause I want to be respectful of your time as well. And I've got two, two last questions. And the first one is we've talked about what you were most surprised by. What was your most significant learning along this career journey? So I think, you know, um, again, I, I learned something fascinating probably every day. I think mm-hmm. though I've probably learned um, the most is, you know, you start with, with the good in people, right? Like when mm-hmm. you're coaching and leading people and leading organizations and, you know, approaching a project or um, you start there, you, you just um, assume goodwill. And even when it doesn't maybe um, – a situation doesn't present itself as maybe all good on the, right. on the surface. You know, you keep, you take that deeper dive and you keep peeling back the, the layers of the, the um, onion and, and you assume goodwill. You assume um, uh, leaders want to be good leaders and that they're coming mm-hmm. from a good place. And, and again, you just, you know, you take that step back and try to look at the, the entire field and you, um, you, yeah, you, you coach and, and, um, prod and push and maybe even spar a little bit from that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, you know, it takes a while to, to, um, for that to kind of all that to click. Like that, yes. that's, you know, just been a, um, the, I would say the most compelling thing that I've learned about, you know, walking into a, a, a leadership role and whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, at a global level or a local level, you know, I think, everybody can do that. Every, every mm-hmm. person, you know, you can assume, you can assume that every person in the organization is a leader. Mm-hmm. And so approach your interactions that way. And again, I just think, you know, companies can be just so much more powerful if, mm-hmm. if we, you know, approach things that way and a- approach the problem solving and, you know, the, the, the feedback, you know, would be so much more vibrant mm-hmm. and, and be stronger and, um, uh, uh, relevant. And I think, you know, we would have much more feedback receptive cultures if, you know, mm-hmm. we could come from that place and I could go on and on and on, but I just mm-hmm. think, you know, that that's just the, the biggest learning for me. Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy, right? Cause right. you know, not everybody's easy to love or not every situation <laughs> is easy to embrace, you know, who right. wants to manage through a pandemic. Right. But again, you know, you, you, you get good people, you mm-hmm. assume the people, you know, that your crisis team or whatever that, you know, they seem assume goodwill and you build mm-hmm. off that. And the next thing you know, you know what? We're doing this. Like we right. are making our way through this. And, you know, we look pretty good at it. You yes. know, even though maybe, you know, behind the scenes, you know, there might be a little bit of, you know, panic or what the heck is going on. But, but mm-hmm. you know, you're still, you, you're making progress. Right. Well, and what's key about that too, when you talk about really, um, you know, seeing the good in people, even though it may not be easy, if you can start there, even when you've got that kind of, oh my God, this isn't going to work. I just, ugh, this person, I've seen how they behave. They're not the best leader. But if you start with a good first, and especially in something like a pandemic, you can also appreciate, you know what? There's something else going on there that doesn't have anything to do with what we're trying to do. So I'm just going to appreciate that everybody's got something they're going through, but I'm going to assume goodwill in this situation. So it makes it easier to just kind of deal with the crazy, right? Right. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, so then as we, as we wrap it up and, and I could, we could talk for another two hours um, because there's so many more things I want to talk to you, but I think this is, <laughs> this is, you know, the key I want people to understand is that, 
you know, you don't, you don't have to plan your entire career. You never know what opportunity is going to be there. Be open to those, as you said. Look for the good in people, right? Think about the business first and be flexible. Be willing to learn and understand the value in learning. So when you look at everything that you've told me and the things that you and I have been through together as we've built organizations and managed through great leaders and not so great leaders, to be <laughs> kind, um, what is your, your key piece of guidance? So we've talked about your significant learning, but what is your key piece of guidance to someone as they're making their way through their career, especially if their career is they really want to stay in this corporate arena? What are your key pieces of guidance? One or two. So I would say two things that we've already kind of touched on, but just to wrap it up, it, uh, I would say first, you know, we're only limited by our imagination, right? Um, you know, you can, you can have the best laid plans and along comes a pandemic or along comes, you know, a 9-11 mm -hmm. or whatever. I mean, a hurricane, we can, you know, all mark our lives by these, these um, you know, life-changing events and they really are. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, um, as you're, as you, and it's good to have goals and aspirations, right? Because mm -hmm. we know what motivates us for sure, or we should, or know what makes us happy when we're at work or what do we think is fun. So um, that aside though, again, I would just say, you know, um, um, don't, don't, Put yourself in a box or let your insecurities or um, things that you think are a traditional path mm -hmm. to get from point A to point B, um, that will limit you. Like, don't be yeah. afraid to dream and, and have your, you know, imagination. You know, I'm a, I'm a, um, a strength finders person. So, you know, uh, uh, ideation is in, my, mm -hmm. is in my top five. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm constantly thinking about what the future could be and how mm -hmm. it could be better. And um, so I think that, you know, people could get more in touch with that side of, of themselves and just mm -hmm. don't limit yourself. Don't put yourself in a box, no matter what you were told or coached or advised or, you know, whatever. And, and don't, mm -hmm. you know, limit your career by not using your imagination. Mm -hmm. So that that's the first piece. And then the mm -hmm. second piece that I think is critical for anyone at any stage of their career. And we've touched on that also mm -hmm. today is, you know, um, feedback you know, mm -hmm. surround yourself by people who will give you true and honest feedback. And so if you find that, you know, your, your go-to group or your go-to person is always telling you how incredible you are, how wonderful you are, you're in the wrong group. Mm -hmm. And again, this should be feedback related to um, things that you can touch, behaviors, things that, that are related to your career. I'm not talking about, you know, your hair, your clothes, right. Or superficial <laughs> things, right? Right. I'm talking right. about the real stuff. That people that can, you know, challenge you, that aren't afraid to ask you questions. Well, you know, Laurel, have you thought about this? Or Lanier, have you thought about mm -hmm. that? Or I'm, you know, I want to challenge you on, you know, what are your real motivations about mm -hmm. this? Or will this really make you happy? You know, that kind of feedback, really mm -hmm. deep-seated, you know, kind of getting to the core of what makes you you and, and what are your strengths and building on those strengths and mm -hmm. the awareness of maybe things that you're not as strong at to, so that you, you can compensate. Um, mm -hmm. with your strengths or surround yourself by people who can, um, you know, round out where, mm -hmm. where you may not be as strong. So I think, you know, um, and all feedback is feedback. So even mm -hmm. when people aren't saying things, you know, there's the, the, the body language, you know, there's mm -hmm. the awareness, like the, just being like making sure you're not tone deaf. And when you are having somebody to tell you, you are, mm -hmm. you know, all those kind of things. And, and even when you don't agree with the feedback, it's still feedback. It helps with the strategy. Don't you want to know, you mm -hmm. know, the plays of your opponents? You may not like the plays. They may not even be in your playbook. Right. But you want to know what they are so that strategically you know how to progress 
you know, down the field. So, mm -hmm. you know, I would just say that, um, just be open to it, assess, you know, many, many times that I've gotten feedback or suggestions or things like that. I'm thinking, Oh my God, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Or, you know, how ridiculous is that? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, how, no way. And you find, you know, yourself in, in those quiet moments when you're doing the self-assessment that, wait a minute, you know, maybe this, this could work or maybe mm -hmm. this could, you know, I had a, a um, and I'll just close with this one mm -hmm. last story. Cause like you said, we could go on and on, but mm -hmm. you know, I had a mentor early on in my professional career that we argued about a concept for two years, literally our, wow. our teams, we were on a global team together and the teams mm -hmm. didn't even want to be around us. If we were being transported on a bus, you know, to, from <laughs> one building to another or right. or whatever, nobody would sit by us if we sat together because they knew that we were going to argue about, and it was actually, you know, performance ratings. Right. We argued about that for two years. And then finally, you know, at the end of about two years, I just decided, well, what would it hurt to try? Like, what would mm -hmm. it, you know, but it was through all those feedback sessions where he challenged me to be better. And he challenged mm -hmm. me to, you know, every time I would have to up my game, really, when I knew mm -hmm. I, was, I would see him because I knew I had to come back with a stronger argument. And, right. and uh, those were, that was probably one of the, the um, critical learnings that, you know, I had in my career is, mm -hmm. you know, just be open to that feedback, even when you just think that's the craziest thing I ever heard of. We're not doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, you could be the 180 where you find yourself, you are, and you're doing it very successfully yeah. and you're in some pretty groundbreaking kind of territory and you know, the rest is history. So that is awesome. That is awesome. Because as, as you're saying that I'm thinking, I, and I can never remember whether it was, and this is so bad, whether it was Desmond Tutu or Nelson Mandela that said, don't raise your voice, raise your argument. Right. right. Exactly. Don't make your voice louder, make your argument stronger. <laughs> and so, and you used to always say they're playing checkers, but I'm playing chess. So we're <laughs> going to make this happen. And so everybody that's listening that this, this thing that she said that, you know, the feedback, being open to feedback, that all feedback is feedback and using that. And if someone is telling you everything is great all the time, that is not the person you need to be talking to. You need the people who are going to say and be willing to tell you that the emperor has no clothes or that your baby's ugly. <laughs> That's the person you need. That's the person you need. The person is going to tell you to step up your game. And so I, Lanier, I cannot thank you enough for this. This is, this is the kind of conversation that I think is really important because as people really build their careers or whether they decide to stay in corporate, whether they decide they just want to be at one level and that works for them right now, or whether they want to start a new business, this idea of understanding who you are, of being willing to challenge yourself, of being willing to not be limited, you know, and, and to, you, that you're only limited by your imagination, that everything is possible is so key for success. Uh, because even in those possibilities that you can also say, I'm miserable here, but because I'm not limited by, by my imagination, I can find a way to do something else. Right. right. Power in that. There is power right. in that. So thank you for being a guest on the Rutler's Perspective. We're going to have to do it again because I got so it's much more. I got a whole list. <laughs> <laughs> it's been my pleasure. And I look forward to the next time us laughing about, oh, you remember during the pandemic when? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We actually got people back to work now, right? And we're not having to wear a mask. It is, we will get through this, people. We really will. So right. thank you, Lanier. And we will um, definitely be back in touch and definitely have another chance to, uh, to collaborate on some things going forward. And that is this episode of The Rutledge Perspective. I really appreciate your tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Bye. You have been listening to The Rutledge Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please give us a five-star rating. 
You can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com slash podcast. And you can subscribe to the show where you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. Oh, and if there's someone you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutledge perspective, please pass it along. Thank you for tuning in.